Hello and welcome to, uh, I guess, an episode of uh, Creed Got Rob because that's our our branded movie podcast here at uh, Unscripted Gaming, which we will have new stuff coming soon, I promise. But uh, we uh, this is uh, coming first because it has a, a certain timely nature to this episode uh, with the uh, coming release of Marvel Studios Avengers colon Infinity War. Uh, me and our, our special guest tonight uh, have, uh, over the past couple months, we've been re-watching the entirety of the Marvel Studios collection, and we've just uh, got some thoughts on it. So, uh, I'd like to introduce uh, tonight's guest. Uh, would, you, would you like to speak for yourself, or would you like me to introduce you? No, you can introduce me. Okay. Well, everyone, this is uh, the lovely Sarah. Um, Hello, everyone. Yep. Sounds good. Sounds great. Um, well, we are here, like I said, we're gonna, we've been watching a lot of these Marvel movies, and we just have a lot of thoughts, and we thought it'd be fun to record this, since we wanted to do a kind of rewatch anyway, and we, you know, we're all about content here in the future, so that's, that's what we do, so. Yeah. Let's get down to it. Yeah, here we go. So, Marvel. Marvel Studios. A lot of movies. Long history. Ten years in <laughs> movies. So our first kind of section we want to do is kind of talk about, I guess, big picture, what kinds of things we've really enjoyed, like, I don't know, like our favorite characters, favorite scenes. Well, I mean, we'll kind of, we'll do a kind of a phase by phase breakdown here in the future uh, in a bit. But yeah, so I guess over watching over all of these movies, Sarah, what do you, th I guess, why do they... Why do you think it be? This is a kind of a big picture, like big question. So, but like, why do you think it, it became such a like a phenomenon? I mean, people like action movies and people like superhero movies, but like, what do you think stuck about like the Marvel Studios as yeah. like, stuff recently as a in a way that it hasn't in the past? I guess for me, the biggest thing that stood out when we were rewatching was just consistently how good they all are. I mean, there's some that mm -hmm. are stronger than others for sure, but like, it didn't really feel like any of the movies were just phoned in you know it really felt like they understood the characters they really spent a lot of time developing the story and making us actually care and i think that's the thing that stood out to me the most i just really enjoy the characters and the way that they um really got it mm -hmm. yeah i think that's definitely one of the um one of the big strengths you have to look at because literally the first um the first mar the first movie in the whole series or the original iron man ultimately you know has arguably like the strongest casting by you know picking robert downey jr to be iron man and it's like that it's kind of like crazy how much how much has changed since then cuz this movie came out you know a little bit earlier in the summer before the dark knight mm -hmm. so that's how long this has been going on and it i mean robert downey jr was like not was not exactly like a, a safe bet at those days no, as far as like a, like a box office draw let alone someone who's going to be able to get through a movie mm -hmm. i mean with it with the, his um the problems he was going through so it was but he was so perfect i mean you look back and you can't think about anybody else yeah, possibly it, playing it, that role yeah like it, it, i mean the fact that, that you think about like the other person that they almost had do it um is tom cruise 
Like, it just feels so weird. Like, you just can't picture it. I don't like that idea. And I think that they've... And and that's something for, I mean, a lot of the main characters of the Marvel stuff is, like, they've done such a... I don't know how they did it. They they, they had such a good, like, initial vision for, like, the character that they wanted. Mm -hmm. And then... But also, also, like, fit that character around the actor that they got. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, not only did they, like write a write a good character to begin with they also worked with what they had so they knew you know like tony stark has a bit of a, a personality but when they what they i think they definitely knew what they as they were they were basically because iron man they kind of threw together like practically while they were making the movie and and they had and like a lot of that script was improv and they leaned into like robert downey jr's personality and kind of swagger mm-hmm. as a character and i think that that kind of I mean, now that's such an iconic thing. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. One, that I think another one that kind of makes sense or kind of shows a big how that is kind of twofold is was is with Thor because like Thor is originally cast as like a, I love Thor. It, yeah, it's 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 real good. He's, um, he's just so funny, and I mean, I love that they lean into the whole rainbow bridge. You know, just general like craziness yeah like that was the because it could be hokey so easily yeah somehow it really isn't yeah like that's another cool kind of thing we should get to next is like a larger why we think it like was like why it was it's a superhero movie they've been doing this for a long time but like why this latched on in a different way um but like uh, the quick point about thor is like how he started as like a shakespearean like like kind of stiff personality but then they also like realized that chris hemsworth has really great comedic timing and built that up as a larger part of his character over the from the original thor in like 2011 to ragnarok which just came out in the fall um and and how they kind of played that in as he's becoming more familiar with earth um, I, I just think that's a really great like natural evolution of the character where they had a good start to begin with, but also like made the change feel really natural with the and it just did a really good job of helping you like stick with that character because they worked with the actor and utilized their strengths in the best. Yeah, way. that's a really good point. They like adapted as they went on. It wasn't just you know what they kind of started with. Yeah, it's like you really there's very few instances across the board with like the between the acting and the writing where it feels like like i'm trying to think of someone who is like really i guess the only the only one i can really think of was just the edward norton as the hulk originally yeah that's the only like i think major character casting in my opinion that feels like and and honestly that might just be because we've gotten like mark ruffalo has done so well with that character yeah it's hard to go back and watch the other one because i just kind of would rather it be mark yeah like if we and just... i feel bad because i like edward norton but i don't know it's just not quite as good and i think it's just when you watch them all back to back like we did all of the mm-hmm. pieces that are a little bit weaker you can see a lot easier yeah um because i mean i still don't think there's any that i really dislike there's just definitely ones that i think are better than others mm-hmm. um but honestly that was hard to really tell until we watched them all back to back because i don't think there's any that it, you know let's be honest if they were on tv i wouldn't just sit down and watch yeah i i think i agree with that well there might be like one or two <laughs> well, well maybe we'll, yeah. we'll get there we'll get there but before we forget about it your point about how 
Thor like really embraced the uh, like the like the rainbow bridge. Yeah, five even, minutes in the movie. Yeah, even in the first one before they, you know, obviously they kind of embrace um, Chris Hemsworth comedic comedic timing over the course of the three movies. Um, especially in Ragnarok, but even in the first one, I mean, there's some really mm-hmm. funny parts in that. Yeah. Like when they go drinking and, you know, they kind of stagger back to um, Natalie Portman's little trailer and mm-hmm. there's the, he drank, he fought, he made his ancestors proud. And it's just, it's just, I mean, some of it's just hysterical. Yeah. And I think like, I think the, the like the really, the point I think with the Rainbow Bridge, um, I really liked how, like they weren't shy about the, um about like the the ridiculous and like jack kirby style imagery like that defined a lot of the yeah, comics yeah definitely like if you look at the original um like the original run of x-men trilogy like it was i think that started in like 2002 i think oh wow really oh man yeah, that was a long time ago <laughs> i know yeah um Whew. So, but you look at them and they very much tried to tone it down, like in terms of like the comic book, the comic book silliness of like people, not even just like people's, um, not even just like the plot or the, the action, but even just like the, like mostly mainly in the, like the costume design is like mm-hmm. where it's the most evident. Like Wolverine is like, has his like iconic yellow and blue weird, like, jumpsuit thing uh storm has her like iconic like white like badass robes and cloaks and um and the those x-men movies like are really they really want to keep that stuff at arm's length Mm -hmm. and it feels like and it feels like something kind of gets lost in translation there and what i really liked about the marvel Studios movies is like this is actually um I don't know how much of a, a major deal it was as far as like the ultimate like casting and direction, but like for one of Tom Cruise when he wanted to be Iron Man, like when they were negotiating like that role, the, he wanted to have like a clear face visor oh. instead of like the classic you know the classic Iron Man look. Yeah. And I don't think that was. I, hate I think that. that was like they really wanted to like not compromise on that element of the character yeah and and of the like the classic design Mm -hmm. um so i think like so i think that's i think that's initially why it was like it it has it's had such like a self like there's kind of a self-confidence yeah no you're totally right that i think like didn't really like, like, I mean, other than, like, maybe, like, the Tim Burton Batman movies was something that hadn't, I mean, it certainly yeah, hadn't really been done. even like, that, though. That's, like, very Tim Burton-y. It's not yeah. necessarily, like, classic Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think you're totally right, and that's a really good point that I hadn't thought about, that they really embraced the whole character and didn't really do a lot in terms of, you know, not sanitizing. That's the wrong like word. Like, they, tr- they didn't, like, try to compromise yeah. with some of that stuff. Like yeah, they, absolutely. They knew, they, it's, like... They didn't try to like hedge their bets with mm-hmm. it. Like they they knew that you know the the, the kind of ridiculousness of it might that it, they would rather go all the way and not and and find like a really dedicated audience that really enjoys this instead of making something like wishy washy that didn't really 
like a wishy-washy kind of bland aesthetic that didn't really connect with anybody in like a really interesting like mm-hmm. way yeah no i think that's a really good point and i mean i i liked the x-men movies with the exception of the third one but um but i do see your point they did kind of distance themselves from and I'm not really familiar with the comics, but from like the cartoons and sort of the way that they'd been portrayed before. And I think, I don't know if that was in an attempt to make it more modern or or what, but um, no, I think that's a really good point that they did kind of distance themselves from sort of the aesthetic and the the vision of the earlier work, whereas um, the Marvel movies really did stick more closely, I think, to that kind of the art and inspiration from that perspective. Yeah, because I think like even across like the... um... Like, uh, in some of the featurettes that they've shown about their work on uh, Infinity War, which is coming out very soon, you know, they have the, like, the, the giant omnibus of the, like, original, like, run of, the, like, the whole saga, and they, it's, like, in one, like, giant hardcover book, and you can see that they just have, like, it's just, like, the in the picture, it was just, like, just reams of just, like, those little, like, sticky note tab things, just over like the over the entire book so it's like they're very clearly like trying to refer like it feels like that kind of like not that that necessarily makes it a good movie but it gives it i think that's kind of what's given it a co given the marvel like studios universe here Mm -hmm. like a cohesiveness that um that you know across different directors and writers and actors and sets and all that i think has given it kind of a cohesiveness is like not trying to like recreate the the um the comic books frame by frame Mm -hmm. obviously but like really trying to draw from like the vibe and like the energy of them if that in a vague way if that kind of makes sense yeah no i think it does like very heavily inspired but using the the film media to kind of portray that as opposed to like you said trying to just recreate it in a shot for shot um reproduction of the comics because i think you know just thinking about other superhero movies or other movies inspired by comic books i mean watchmen is one that i think visually there's a lot of shots that look a lot closer to the comic book but in that translation to film they really lose some of the meaning yeah um whereas i think that they kept them the the message and the characters a lot more intact in the marvel in my impression yeah i agree and uh let's see i guess another kind of big picture point i'd like to make here i'm saying this slowly as i'm <laughs> trying to stall i think my biggest thing was i just when we're re-watching all these movies and we're they're at what 18 now yes I mean, that's a lot of movies and just the patience to, and obviously part of it is, you know, not just patience. They also are making like an insane amount of money on all mm-hmm. of these movies. But I mean, the patience to make 18 good movies that lead up to something like Infinity War is just really impressive. I mean, you know, another comparison, I guess, like when you look at the, the DC movies that have come out lately... It felt like they tried to kind of um, shortcut the process in some ways because they had Superman and then they had Batman versus Superman and introduced Wonder Woman as part of that Mm -hmm. and then Wonder Woman and then Justice League. So it seems like they're trying to get to where the Marvel movies are currently but without that 10 years of investment in the characters. So now we can have some of these really like, like, you know, movies like Civil War 
where there's so many different characters and it doesn't feel um, rushed or crowded because we have already spent the time getting to know the characters, really investing the time in the plot. Um, So that's one thing I guess I was kind of impressed by when you look back at all of the movies leading up to Infinity War. Yeah, and definitely going off of that, like you said, it's it's definitely, I think that's the key thing. It's just like investing in making it really character-centric. Like, a, I think a big kind of, um, <clears throat> uh, kind of, um, big draw for, like, the Marvel movies. I mean, it, it's always been, like, the main character. One kind of criticism, I think, of a lot of the Marvel of the Marvel movies sometimes is that like they feel a lot of people felt like that the antagonists in a lot of these Marvel movies were not exactly really strong characters. And I don't think that, I mean, there are a lot of cases where I think that's correct, Mm -hmm. but I also think that is, I think that sometimes like on the, like to play devil's advocate to that point is, well, then that just means that the most interesting part of the, the film is still the main character because mm-hmm. i know like towards the end of the um like for a lot of the batman movies like the buzz was always just like oh who's the who's going to be the bad guy who's going to be the bad guy mm-hmm. and it's like and and, and it, which is, is you know it's fun and cool because you know batman has a great rogues gallery of you know oh yeah absolutely villains, you know like calendar man um no, what? trust me. He's actually kind of cool. They did a Hannibal Lecter kind of thing with him uh, in one storyline. It was not okay. bad. It was, it, was distru- it was not bad. Okay, I'll trust you, but I'm skeptical. It's, it's okay. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but uh, I think in the in the Marvel Studios movies, I think they've, you know, for better or worse, they've kept that focus pretty, like, close on the, um, on the main characters. And, like, as you mentioned, especially compared to some of the recent DC stuff, you know, it's such an interesting, like, so clearly, like, it's so, it works so well as, like, a foil to the Marvel Studios stuff, just because Mm -hmm. it's Disclaimer, I was ragging on the DC stuff, but Wonder Woman is great, and I love it. So that's my, that's my disclaimer. I do love Wonder Woman. (laughs) Two-thirds of Wonder Woman is really great. (laughs) Um, but yeah, but, like, Wonder Woman, it, like, is, of the DC stuff, is the closest one that, that feels like a Marvel movie, just because... They actually like made it about the character and did a good job getting you invested in yeah, no, Wonder Woman right. as a character. Mm-hmm. And it feels like the other movies just don't don't spend any time doing that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, kind of get to the end and you don't really care what happens. Yeah, which isn't a great feeling sometimes. Yeah, and it, it's just like, yeah, I, I mean, and some of the and the casting isn't. I don't think the casting is bad, but it just feels like that the in the in the dc stuff it's just that the i mean it's just they really just didn't spend any time getting me like to care about ben affleck as batman yeah like it's so kind of like well-worn territory Mm -hmm. but it's just we really they just really isn't much work done to actually like really make me give a hoot about yeah this might be kind of a weird question. Do you think that the Marvel movies, because they started with characters that weren't necessarily as recently done, do you think that was a strength? So, like, Iron Man? Like, I don't know when the last, like, Iron Man... Has there been another Iron Man movie? No. I have no idea. I don't think so. But Whereas, I, like, something like Batman, I mean, everyone knows Batman. Just a lot more familiar with it. Obviously, Marvel's introduced, like, Spider-Man, who's probably, like, 
the most one of the more well-known mm-hmm. but like do you think that that is a strength do you think you know, that helped them i think that's a really great question and i honestly like i think you might be right like because i know if because in 2000 if in 2008 marvel studios came out with another spider-man movie like people were pretty like the spider-man fatigue was pretty real Mm-hmm. So uh, around that time yeah. so i think that and definitely having a character like iron man who is not a me you know he for i mean he's like an a-lister in the comics but like in as far as like a general audience like big picture kind of thing was mm-hmm. general population yeah like wasn't really there i think it definitely kind of forced them to stretch their muscles like in terms of writing and creativity like it's like well we can't rely on people's notions about this character or what he's about or anything like we have to you know we have to work from scratch with a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. and i think that i think that's a really good idea like i think that's on like a really smart point like i don't i mean i don't 100 percent know but i wouldn't be surprised if that if them knowing they were working with someone something new Mm -hmm. let them you know maybe take risks that they wouldn't do with someone like you know like with the batman intellectual property that has like you know 100 obviously you know now disney owns marvel and this is it's a complete obviously like a completely different thing but like i think that you're right that like not having kind of like that baggage almost yeah let them kind of let them kind of take that step because this i mean especially like when you you start with you know iron man like it also it also kind of didn't help that like i mean it also kind of helped that they they didn't have a lot like that's the kind of how this whole whole thing started is that they marvel was going to go bankrupt and were basically mortgaging like the rights to to um iron man and the other characters as film properties through i mean just to keep themselves afloat like Mm -hmm. that's why they didn't have the film rights to the Fantastic Four or any of the mutants or like the X-Men because those are all with Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man was with Sony. Um, the Fantastic Four are God knows where. Um, <clears throat> but the fact that they didn't really have those, I think it's it's kind of like um, it kind of it, it kind of did kind of it's like a kind of a writing exercise where someone's like write something. You're just like, mm-hmm. uh well, what, what should I do? But if they're like, write a story about how a man or a person keeps living the same day over and over again and what that's like, like having like that kind of limitation almost kind of like gives you, it gives you somewhere to start with. So if they Mm -hmm. knew it's like, okay, well we can't do any of these A-listers, then we got to figure out something else. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Cause I, it just was something that popped into my head. Cause I just think some of the, um, criticism you know i keep going back to the dc movies like with the way that superman was portrayed everyone kind of knows superman already and when you're Mm -hmm. looking at the character there's just something about the way that he behaves that doesn't really seem very superman-y so it doesn't seem like they really Mm -hmm. got the character but i don't know if people necessarily go into these movies with as much of that preconceived notion just because a lot of the characters aren't quite as well known to the general population. Yeah. So, I don't know. It just kind of popped like, into my head. And I, and I think you're right. It's kind of like twofold. It's not, it's like, not only do they have, you know, less like baggage to kind of live up to, it also helps that they really nail the characters. Like, yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, we can start kind of moving because we can start kind of moving into the, 
breaking down the phases one by one here, especially as this is a good point for it. But like you look at um, the kind of phase one, which is Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, the first Captain America, and the first Avengers movie. Though all I think all of those movies have in common is that like they really, um, I mean, like we've said so many times before, it's just like they really nailed the characters. And Captain America on paper is just like, you, there, there have been runs in the comics where like Captain America is not, is not a great character and is really, there's a really bad way to do Captain America. Like there's mm-hmm. Gulf War Captain America. Oh no, that's and, really a thing. Yeah, there's there's oh, some no. stuff. There's a, like a lot of vibe in yeah. in some badly written Captain America that is just like, yeah, not you know great. what I mean. Like it, yeah. there's like military industrial complex Captain America, and then there's the Captain America like the Chris Evans Steve Rogers Captain America that they yeah. just absolutely nailed. They really did, and it's it like to for for a character like that to be like it it could it can go so wrong like that that is ultimately like might be one of the riskiest movies like of the kind of first phase here i think one that like on our rewatching i think trended up for me just because like so much i mean obviously that character changes so much throughout the whole course here but so i mean it's such like a risk uh and it's it's just that i guess it's i mean it's not really fair to give the movie credit it's you know, I could just picture it so easily going wrong. Like, yeah, there's such absolutely. a negative and not inspiring way to do that character. Absolutely. That they just did not do and did the most, like, did a really wholesome and great version of it. That mm-hmm. totally works and is, like, just really cool to see. Yeah. And, like, no, I it, love Captain America. And to America. see, how, like, how his, like, moral center, like, stays the same no matter what kind of like challenging situation he's in absolutely they did such a good job with that character showing how steve rogers really really is captain america before he even gets the super serum Mm -hmm. let's be honest i mean when he enlists at the beginning of the movie and that grenade scene i just it's very sweet and it's so insightful to his character yeah it's just a really interesting way to learn so much about steve rogers as a person before the movie even really gets going because that's before he really you know gets the super serum before he becomes captain america but you already know so much about him as a person and his values and his morals yeah like they just like the more i think about it, the more just incredible it is like they just absolutely just nailed that like i mean and like the i like the i mean the like the pulpy kind of vibe for it is fun um like i like all the rest of the cast in that movie but uh, that was, I think, of the rewatching. Like that might be one of my favorite ones in Phase One, just because of how, just because of. I mean, obvi- obviously, kind of helps like, hind, you know, foresight with here with knowing where what they do with Captain's character. Uh, I think it's just really cool to see just how, how they've done such a good job from then working off that foundation they built. Definitely. Um, I think my favorite from Phase One still has to be the Avengers, just because. It's just so satisfying mm-hmm. to see everything come together um, from the first, how many movies are in phase one? Seven, six, six movies. Um, it's just really, really satisfying. And seeing all of them on screen at the same time was just like really the, cool. Like the raw spectacle is just like, is so cool. And it's like, 
Like it was like the build up, like when you, like when you're on, you know, inter weird internet forums in 2010. They're like, oh, they're making an Avengers movie. You're like, no, that's the dumbest idea I ever heard. That's so stupid. That'll never work. And then we saw it at like midnight, and we're like, oh wait, this is actually like really cool. Yeah. Like I think um. Like it really. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, just like the, or for me, like just the raw spectacle of it, and again, like you know all these characters, so that's like the most exciting part. Is just like, oh, I can't wait to see how X interacts with Y, and mm -hmm. that's like one of my most exciting, like one of the things that I look forward to most about Infinity War is seeing like how do how will like the Guardians talk like interact with Thor? How will Doctor Strange talk to Spider Man? Like just like cool stuff like that, and that's and it and just it's. Uh, I don't want to say like you know we're not in Kansas anymore, but it's it's almost kind of quaint how like looking back at the original Avengers, like what it, it what it was and how like how much of a big deal it was then. Oh, absolutely, because the scale of it at the time was just crazy. Like we're having all of these people on screen at once. It was mm -hmm. really exciting. And then you look at what they did in something like Civil War, where it's you know like double the cast and somehow it doesn't feel crowded. Yeah, it's just I think a testament to. Like you said, how much we care about the characters, how much we know the characters at this point, and how excited we are to see them all interact. Yeah. Like that, because, I mean, there's obviously, like, plenty of movies that have, like, CG action and stuff like that. But I think they've done they've done a really good job of knowing, like, what has kept people invested so long as, as the characters. And, I mean, obviously, and that's just the part of the big draw was just seeing them all together at first. And I think... Uh, uh, on the other hand, I think some ones I might have, might be trending down on, in um, in phase one were just just the Hulk and maybe Iron Man two. Like the Hulk, just the Hulk is just kind of feels so. I mean, it's so like early Marvel and just feels very kind of disjointed from the rest of the. Yeah, I think the Hulk is definitely the one for me that it just doesn't like you said feel quite as connected. I mean, I think one of the other strengths of these movies is how connected they all feel so even though you can watch any of them by themselves they really shine when you've watched the other ones mm -hmm. but that one it really feels like if you didn't watch it you're not really gonna be missing out on the overall experience yeah whereas it seems like the other ones all really do contribute in some way to the kind of overall cinematic universe um whereas that one it really does feel like you could kind of carve it out and you wouldn't be missing very much yeah and just like personally, I think, I think I, I like Iron Man too. Uh, I think sometimes it just felt a little like like trying to do too much stuff at once sometimes. Yeah. But I, I think it's I think it's fine. But um, I agree with you though. I think those two probably were my like weaker ones in Phase One. And again, not that I didn't like them, but just in comparison to some of the other ones, you know, the first Iron Man, the Avengers. Um, the first Captain America. I even like the first Thor mm -hmm. um, quite a bit. So it just seems like those two are probably towards the bottom of my list if I yeah. was going to rank the phase one. Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead and move on here? Move into phase two. Move into phase two. So what were your standouts for phase two? Uh, I think my um, stand, I mean, obviously standouts, you have to still look at like Winter Soldier Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which I think is rightfully still, I think, if you ask most people what their, like, top three Marvel movies are, Winter Soldier, I think, rightfully is there. I mean, the 
the Russo brothers, who are the directors of the Inf- of Infinity War. Oh, I mean, forgot they're directing. Infinity yes, War. they are. Oh, I'm excited. Um, I think this was just even compared to the first Captain America. I think that they one of my favorite things is just like in the just the direction and stage work in the movies. I, f- I feel like that they. I loved how they nailed like the weight and speed of Captain America. Like not the first movie I think did it pretty well, but there's a physicality that in the winter soldier, like with the, the fight scenes and um, just how Captain America like moves. And like when he rounds a corner too fast, he like, he'll like hit you hit the wall and like leave a dent in it. And like that, just stuff like like little details yeah, like that. All it's the really, combat and action really is just spot on. Like this is going to sound snob, but it really gives you like a sense of the space. Like it really kind of puts you like just seeing, they just did a really good job of like contextualizing his power, like his abilities and strength and how like he's so beyond any other, most other people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think the other thing I really liked about um, Winter Soldier was they just, and this goes back to the character again, um, it just seemed like how he interacted with the modern world was kind of how you would expect Steve Rogers to really interact. And you kind of saw how he, you know, struggled with some some pieces of, uh, you know, modern society. But at the same time, like at his core, he's still Steve Rogers. He still has the same morals and beliefs. And it just seemed like they did mm-hmm. such a good job with the character that, you know, the action obviously was great. But I, you know, just loved seeing more Captain America, too. Yeah. And I think and definitely you kind of have to like the plot twist in that one, I think, is one that is. um, I think is pretty great. I mean, obviously, it's like it, it really turned the whole world upside down. And it kind of felt like it, it was cool because it kind of gives you, you know, with like a lot of comic book franchises you're not sure like what's sacred and what's not and the whole reveal that you know shield has actually been infiltrated by hydra um is is a really great twist and it's kind of a really cool kind of because the whole movie kind of plays on the paranoia of like a surveillance state and what can go wrong with that and i think i if i'm nitpicky i think the movie could like have stuck the landing on some of that stuff a little bit more clearly but that's super duper nitpicky and but i think like that's such a cool crazy plot twist that i nobody ever would have seen coming i didn't see it coming that's for sure and i thought they just i thought it was super cool and just a, a really great idea just to put him and put people in new interesting situations um ones that were uh definitely definitely like big thumbs up for me um on a on a rewatch that i might have um that i i think definitely trended up my list uh were iron man 3 and uh ant-man uh speaking of plot twists i think the kind of the setting up the um in iron man 3 setting up the mandarin as the you know the scary bad guy and then he turns out to do they have like sir ben kingsley sir ben kingsley like playing this like weird kind of british like football you know hooligan slash kind of weird actol mm-hmm. like kind of guy like it was just it, i just thought that was really like really clever um yeah it was kind of a fun fun little twist yeah I, I think and i knew and i really liked i think that they really nailed the humor of tony stark in that movie too like it's just robert downey jr just being robert downey jr for two hours and i think it just super duper works Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ant Man, I think uh, I don't I don't know if I just really like humor in my Marvel movies apparently, which you know makes me you know 
I don't know. Well, what about the stakes, Mike? We have to raise the stakes. You can't do that with humor. It's like, no, it's okay. But I really, Ant-Man, I think was, I, re, I think I enjoyed it more than I remembered it. Cause I, I think I loved, I mean, all, it's, it's really funny. Like Paul Rudd is hilarious. Yeah, Paul Rudd is great. That was perfect um, casting. Speaking of good casting. Yeah. I that, really I enjoyed really the Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. Re- man. Yeah. I really can't think, again, it's just like, you can't think of anybody else who would do that. That mm-hmm. They've done such a good job. And, and I worked. mean, it's, it's Ant-Man. Like you have to kind of embrace it. And, you know, I really appreciated that they did yeah. that. Oh, like sidebar here. Phase two is definitely like the heat check phase for Marvel because they're like, okay, we'll do Iron Man 3. We'll do a Thor sequel. We'll do a Captain America sequel. We'll do an Avengers sequel. Uh-oh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man. Here we go. Whoosh. Yeah, no, the first time you told me about Guardians of the Galaxy, because I had not really read those comics. I yeah, had never no, heard of it. No and the first had. time you explained to me what was going on and that there was, you know, Groot and there was this talking raccoon. I just thought it sounded like the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. And then we saw it, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I mean, the Chris Pratt as Star Lord was perfect. Like mm-hmm. all, really, all of the casting again was awesome. Um, it's hysterical, and it's just fun to watch. Like it's visually so cool. Yeah, um, it's definitely really different. Like oh yeah, too, absolutely. Is... Well, and coming right after Captain America: The Winter Soldier, like it's a very different movie, um, in yeah. a good way. I mean, it's a good kind of light, lighter pace, but at the same time, it is kind of fun because that's after Thor. That's really our only um, introduction to the rest of the kind of cosmic mm-hmm. universe, which is kind of fun. So I really, really enjoyed Guardians. And when you explained it to me, I did think it sounded like the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. But I was very wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all I can say there. It's just that, yeah, I just really didn't. I mean, it's, yeah, soundtrack's good, too. Yeah, a great good soundtrack, soundtrack, definitely. Um, I think ones that, uh, from Phase 2, that I, I might have been, um, I didn't really, I, there are parts of Thor The Dark World I liked. I think some of it kind of feels... Uh, I, like I said, there's a lot of like individual scenes I really liked, and kind of like, uh, but um, but I, I think that one's all right. Um, but I think the one I was the, actually the biggest kind of that had the biggest downward movement for me was um, Age of Ultron. I agree. Um, it was the first time I watched it. I liked it, and you know, it's not that I dislike it now, but just in comparison to a lot of the other movies, especially, and we're not really into Phase 3 yet, but once we get into Phase 3, it seemed like Civil War did a lot of the things that Ultron was trying to do, but did it mm-hmm. a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and it doesn't help that Ultron, it feels like... I think it's like the... I don't know, like, not that other movies aren't dependent, but it feels like Age of Ultron had asked a lot of the, and this is kind of like my fear for Infinity War is that like, it asks so much of the audience to like be like, it feels like the mm. most non-independent, like the most dependent kind of Marvel movie in a, yeah. a lot of ways. Where it like, I mean, it has a lot of great, it has a lot of great individual scenes and conversations that are really, True. I think, are important. Uh, it kind of draws from a lot of the the past of those characters in a lot of interesting way, and I think it sets up a lot of interesting stuff, like you know, with Vision and Scarlet Witch introducing those cool characters, um, and you know, really kind of starting the whole Infinity Infinity Stone MacGuffin kind of thing in earnest here. 
Um, but it just kind of feels like it it doesn't quite come together as a really as the kind of dark middle chapter that it was initially billed as. Yeah. Um, it just seems like there's something missing from it. Um, and I don't know what exactly that is. Cause there were, there were still a lot of moments in that movie that I really liked. Like, you know, the scene at the very beginning where they're all trying to pick up, um, Thor's hammer and, you know, Captain kind of yeah. wiggles it a little bit and Thor yeah, looks really like, nervous. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, so there's oh, no, that kind good. of, okay. that kind we're of stuff great. that's, it's okay. so funny and it's, you know, it's just really satisfying. But then there's other parts of that movie that just don't, don't really seem to make sense maybe, or I don't know. It just doesn't really come together yeah, as a like, whole package as much yeah, as some like of the they, other ones it's do. like the part with like Thor's vision quest. It's just like, wait, what's happening Yeah, here? like it's just really what strange. What is he seeing? Like, mm-hmm. I think they kind of try to retcon it and say, oh, I was seeing visions of Ragnarok and the, the recent Thor. But it's like, yeah. even then it just feels like a kind of like, what's going on here? Like, yeah. just, they don't, just don't, don't do a great job contextualizing some of that. Um... Ultron is a weird like I like James Spader as that character but it it feels like this is kind of one I don't I don't I really don't want to be like a well actually in the comic um but this feels more like weekend at Ultron's more than like the age of Ultron like he's not really a like he just kind of constantly undermines any sort of like menace or that he tries to build up mm-hmm. in weird ways. I don't think that's James Spader's fault. I just feel like it's not. I guess I just sometimes the this is going to be like reductive and mean, but it kind of feels like this movie is a little too Whedon-y at times. Maybe as in Joss yeah. Whedon-y. Mm-hmm. Like I really like because you can definitely tell like Joss Whedon's kind of humor. Yeah. And sometimes that felt a little maybe out of place. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it too. But I thought Avengers it worked really well. So I don't know if it was just too much in this one. It kind of, that's it kind of feels like when um like there's a couple a couple of jokes just like I think paint a larger picture in my opinion like when Cap calls when Captain America calls people out for like language like like, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, I can kind of see it, but it just feels like it doesn't quite like jive. Yeah. Uh, and, and another one I think in con- didn't quite age well either is like they have like, at least in, in my opinion, I think it's kind of ridiculous. I think they have like they have Black Widow as the butt of like a boob faceplant joke. Mm-hmm. Like when like Bruce Banner like faceplants into her, like when the robots attack. It just feels like kind of cheap. Yeah. Like with all of like the work that they've done to like make Black Widow a cool character, uh, it just feels kind of weird. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think like just some of those kinds of jokes like across like spread out across the entirety of the movie, like just don't quite stick the landing on some of that stuff. But but like like you said, there's a lot of individual parts of it I yeah. really like. But it just doesn't quite Another add up. scene that I really enjoy is when um Iron Man and Captain America are out chopping wood, and then they're kind of arguing, and Captain just rips a log in half. Ooh, it's still like that. Like, <laughs> like it's really cool just to show like how strong he is. Yeah, and then it's so... it, you know the other thing I never noticed this before, but when we were watching it, and then when the camera moves away and you see the piles of wood, and Captain's is like way bigger than Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> just like that kind of stuff is is really funny. So there were still some good moments in that movie. Um, 
but it just as a package i agree it kind of trended down for me on a on a rewatch yeah just didn't seem like it kind of stuck the landing i think of the of any of the marvel movies it's the one i'd most like to see like a kind of dc style release the snyder cut like it would be the one i'd most want to see a re-edit of or Mm -hmm. something like that yeah because i think there's a version of that movie that's more cohesive yeah I don't there's know a what really that like there's a like, really but... really great movie hidden in it but it's just yeah. kind of buried beneath a lot of that stuff i think yeah um well we're going on for a little bit here before we move on to phase three do you want to take a little break real quick sure we can do that okay well folks we will be right back let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat delicious things to eat the popcorn can't be beat the sparkling drinks are just dandy the chocolate bars and the candy so let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat okay we are back from our break and we're going to keep the Marvel pod rolling here. Um, and we are moving on to phase three, which is, holy cow, there's a lot going on here. There are. And I was just trying to remember of these, which it's really hard for me to pick favorites of this group. I mean, probably my favorite of phase three has to be Civil War. Um, but there's just so many strong, strong movies, especially in this phase. Yeah, like, and I think the ones that are, the ones that I think are the weakest for me are Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and uh, Doctor Strange, but I think that's just a virtue of, I mean, they're, they're both tough competition, though. Yeah, they're, they're just, they're both good. I both like them. Yeah. Um, I think Guardians for me, Guardians 2, um. I liked it, but I think in comparison to Guardians 1, I just wasn't... And this is probably because I went into Guardians 1 with, like, no expectations mm-hmm. um, and was just blown away. So Guardians 2, to me, was was good, but since I'd already kind of had that, like, revelation moment with Guardians 1, mm-hmm. like, it's re- just really hard to follow. Yeah, and I feel like... I feel like some they kind of, might like, latched onto different things about it, about those characters that worked that... I thought maybe it was not my... It felt like sometimes they made some adjustments there that felt a little strange to me at times, but uh, I also really like Kurt Russell as a bad guy, and I feel like Phase 3 is where Marvel definitely, like... When the weakest bad guy of Phase 3 is, um, like, Kaiselius from Doctor Strange, who is, like, Mads Mikkelsen, and is, like, pretty cool. Yeah, I still like Mads Mikkelsen a lot. The so. Marvel has clearly <laughs> fixed something in the kind of, like, villain department. Like, um... Definitely. And they solved like... that in Captain America Civil War by just, hey, let's make the bad guy our <laughs> Iron Man. Yeah, each other. Yeah, I think, um... Yeah, I think Civil War is still... I mean, it's so tough just because I... I think so. Like Civil War, like we had mentioned earlier, Civil War kind of is the payoff for a lot of things. It's kind of the the dark middle chapter of the Avengers that like we kind of thought Ultron was gonna be, 
Mm-hmm. And the fact that, I mean, the movie does so much work. Like, it is a a ruthlessly efficient script, but, yeah. like... It, there's a lot packed in there. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's we meet cr- new characters. We bring in all these characters from the other movies. It should feel really crowded and really busy, but somehow it doesn't. Yeah, it's like they do all of that, and like they introduce, like, Black Panther out of nowhere. Like, Spider-Man. Out, it's like Spider-Man, mm-hmm. who is, like... No one would ever thought that would ever happen. Like they like six months before the movie comes out, they 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 announce that it's gonna happen, and he has a small part in the movie. But like Tom Holland is great. Oh, he's like, yeah, he's wonderful. And, but they still keep it like they somehow still keep like this huge circus going on with all these other characters, like Ant Man and the Hawkeye and Vision and all that stuff. Like they still bring it all together to like still be a really like a really good core movie about captain about like steve rogers captain america and bucky and yeah like just absolutely nail it and mm-hmm. i think no, like, i totally agree with I you i think the russos also i loved how like um kind of experimental they got with like the kind of the narrative structure because they keep showing the flashback but each time like they give you a little bit more information before you kind of realize like the heartbreaking plot twist yeah um but you really don't get there until the end of the movie or at least i didn't get there until the end of the movie i mean i didn't when they you know kind of were going into the the very end scene and there's these super soldiers and everyone you know captain and iron man are coming back together to fight the bad guy and then to be so brave that you go into that and then you just completely turn it on its turn it on its head yes i like, mean it would have been we've talked about this before it would have been so easy for them to just take the easy way out and give us a happy like, give ending us the team up happy ending yeah like, but the fact that they like the fact that they don't do that and leave like the end of the movie like kind of down like mm-hmm. i mean like no one no one like some people get upset that like no one died but like you can't say that this movie like didn't change anything yeah like, it's like and they the, built so much tension. No one died, but, like, I thought that Captain was going to kill Iron Man at the end. Which, yeah, the fact like, that the movie lets you believe that, and like, you really do buy into the fact that, like, oh, my God, Captain is going to kill Tony Stark. Yeah. Like, that's like, really incredible. Like, as you, like, you raise the shield, and, like, he, like, goes, like, he, like, blocks his face. Like, I mean, because, you know, obviously, it's, like, it's been, like, Spider-Man's been greenlit, and you already know that Iron Man's going to be in Spider-Man. You already know that, like, Affinity War is going to be happening, and you already know he's in that. But, like, that movie, like, that direction and just that whole movie came together so well that you just absolutely yeah. forget about that at the time. And They've it's... just built so much tension over the course of the movie. And then I had this thought, too. So it seems like, to me, the reason that Civil War works so well is because they've done such a good job over the course of the other movies mm-hmm. building the characters and laying the groundwork for the conflict. So Captain Captain is always fighting these kind of corrupt institutions and mm-hmm. his faith is really in individuals. Whereas Iron Man, Iron Man is fighting individual bad guys. His faith is really in you know like, the larger like rule of man to yeah, kind of restore like some he, order like he kind of like goes from you know being a uh like oh i i privatized world peace to someone who recognizes the importance of the institution and mm-hmm. like you're like ideologically it's really cool to see how they it's subtle but they they do it like yeah. the work is there to kind of give them those philosophies that 
when it comes to a head like with the Sokovia Accords, uh, it's just it it doesn't feel out of the blue that it's so incompatible. And not to keep dogging on DC, but <laughs> the conflict between in Batman versus Superman between Batman and Superman, it just feels so artificial. Like yeah, it kind of not comes out of nowhere, but. It does seem pretty manufactured. And, like, it's been a while. I'll be honest. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, and I don't have the greatest memory sometimes. But, like, I don't even remember why they started fighting to begin with. Yeah. And it and it feels like... It, it feels like in, um, in Batman vs. Superman, it's kind of like a sitcom-style, like, miscommunication. Like, yeah. oh, I, I saw this person through the window, and they were talking to that person. Well, yeah. actually, it was the other thing happening. Like, they could have just all sat down and talked it out and been totally fine. Whereas, yeah. like, Civil War, there's they, definite yeah. ideological differences. And they tried to sit down and talk it out, and it didn't work. No. Because they're, he's, they just are two on two completely different levels as yes, far as absolutely. the best approach there. And just, like, it, 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 I think if I had to pick a favorite Marvel movie, like, there are, there are individual things I think I like more about other Marvel movies, but Civil War, I think, might be it for me just because of how well, it, it's such a, like, from, it's such a massive payoff for what I like in the most about the Marvel movies, which is, you know, I'm invested in the characters. And this movie is, especially compared to, like, Ultron, um, or honestly, a lot of the other Avengers movies, like it's the conflict is. I mean, it's still like a big. It has some like the, the craziest airport fight scene with like everybody's fighting and it's crazy. But like the conflict, like the the final like like scene of the film is like so like it feel, it feels so small and focused. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like the world isn't ending. Like mm-hmm. no one's going to blow up the president or something like that. Like it's so focused, but it doesn't feel small. Like it, it's it's so like heart wrenching and like because you're like seeing your like, like when, because like, you care about all of yeah, these characters. Cause like, cause so you, when they're fighting, it really does break your heart because you you know you love Iron Man, you love Captain America. Like why can't we all just get along? But I mean, it's just really hard to watch sometimes. But that's why it's so good. Yeah, and just like every single line is great. Like when um, the other thing about Civil War that I really like is it still has the humor that a lot of the Marvel movies have, but it's done a lot better than Ultron. Yeah. So, like, the humor makes sense and it fits in the context and it knows when to be funny and when not to. Yeah. Whereas Ultron sometimes, it just felt a little more forced. Yeah. If that I makes sense. I think that's 100%. Like, yeah. Um, also, Civil War, obviously, number one movie just because of the Captain America helicopter scene and, like, oh, the ridiculous oh, okay. bicep you, shot. You want to talk about the helicopter scene? <laughs> It just makes me laugh so much. And it's so ridiculous and so over the top, but, like, I love it. It's just, you know, he's got it. And then it's, you're like, okay, well, this is kind of cool. But then he, he flips he flips the grip and then goes to the bicep curl. And you're just like, dude, I'm just going to leave. I, I can't watch this. <laughs> Honey, don't look. Don't look, don't look at this, please. Please don't. Um, yeah, Civil War is, man, they just re- really knocked it out of the park. Um, yeah. That's definitely one of, if not my favorite, I think, yeah, of all of them. I guess just to hit some of these other ones um, real quick before we kind of wrap up, I uh, um, I mean, I really liked Doctor... I've 
always really liked Doctor Strange. I I was really happy like back in 2014 when they teased the existence of Stephen Strange in a, like a throwaway line. Like I was like, oh, that means we're getting a Doctor Strange movie. Oh my gosh! Like, um, I'm really uh, I think of the uh, like Marvel movies that we I know are getting sequels. I think that's going to be the really interesting one that they do because uh, I'm really curious to see like where they kind of take. I mean, there's a lot of things that they can do with that character. And again, not to be, well, actually in the comics, um, but actually in the comics. Uh, <laughs> much better. Magic is, like, the magic in the film Doctor Strange is much, it kind of feels less, it's a lot more sterile than it is in the in the comics. Like, in the comics, it's a lot closer to, like, Harry Potter almost, like, with, like, weird magical creatures and, like, weird relics and, you know, oh, Doctor Strange is, like, fridge is full of weird stuff because he has to eat like things to keep magical anti antibodies like so he can you know go to the 12th dimension without mm-hmm. immediately you know puking magic out of his ears or something like Ew. like kind of weird stuff like that yeah like i i it's it, it was it kind of stayed away from some of that stuff but i hope it kind of gets into like the more like kind of naturalistic kind of vibe of magic yeah Uh, i'm excited to see where they go with doctor strange both in infinity war and then mm -hmm. in the second one because i i liked the first doctor strange um in some ways it remind and i mean it is you know an origin story so in some ways it reminded me of a lot of the movies back in phase one Mm -hmm. um because it's more you know it's obviously a little more standalone um there's not as much kind of integration with and and influenced by the other movies so i'm really excited to kind of once he gets sort of brought in with the rest of the group i mean i loved even though he had a small part in um, thor ragnarok i thought that it really was funny and added a lot so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm excited to see how he interacts with the rest of the the rest of the group yeah i think it's um you know i think benedict Cumberbatch is a great cast is great casting for that too like I think he gets the like the per, not, not that he's like exact. He's much more of like a a um, Mensa kind of smartass mm-hmm. than Tony Stark. But I think it, I think he he got that vibe. Um, like I feel like he nailed the vibe of that kind of know it all. Definitely. But and how that but how like and the arrogance. Yeah, and how mm-hmm. um, his whole transformation from. Uh, like his whole journey kind of how how he changed that and how that changed a lot of his personality so i'm really curious i i'm he's one of the characters i'm really curious to see like what they do next just because there's so many different things that they could do and like how will that like what kind of direction they'll go you know visually or like with the design of it there's lots of cool like kind of bad guys he can fight like i think there's interesting things for his character like for Stephen strange to grow as a character and still do um definitely uh, yeah and i mean we can't really talk about i don't think we can i mean we uh yeah you can't we can't i don't think we can really talk about phase three without talking i mean with the still runaway success of black panther yes like wow and I think it's probably one of my. I think it probably is in my top five. I would say so too. Marvel movies. I mean, because yeah. again, like they, they, he's a character that was introduced in Civil War, uh, and but they just you know they gave it to Ryan Coogler who you know d- 
directed Creed, which is a film that got robbed. And it did get robbed. Fortunately, this one is not getting robbed because it's making crap tons of money. It's hilariously still in theaters because everyone really likes it and wants to keep seeing it. And it honestly will probably it'll be hilarious when there's theater showing Infinity War and Black Panther, which is kind of wild. Yeah. No, it's um, pretty amazing. Um, and I mean, we saw it twice just because we enjoyed mm-hmm. it so much. And I think I, I was trying to decide if I liked it better the first or the second time. I think I might have liked it better the second time. Yeah. Just because, you know, I thought that Michael B. Jordan's character was so good. Um, Killmonger and his kind of... His being sort of cut off from the rest of his family in Wakanda was just so heartbreaking. And the way that they portrayed that, he was really sympathetic in a lot of ways, even though obviously he was, you know, kind of a bad dude. But, but, um, you know, you did feel for him. Yeah, he's not, in a lot of ways, he's not wrong. Yeah. um, The scene where he um, goes to the ancestral plane and he's back in that little apartment just with his dad. it's heartbreaking when you yeah. think about that in contrast to black you know um t'challa who his whole family is there his dad is there um mm. he's just much more connected yeah like it's really it, it, and i think like i said in phase like earlier like phase three is where marvel figured out like how to do like write a really interesting antagonist and Definitely. i think um michael b jordan's killmonger is just an, like an absolute like force of nature like in his like his present like his just his acting and when he's on scene like when he walks into like uh when he's taken into the throne room and he's like y'all sitting here comfortable you're just like you're like i'm called out i'm not even in the movie i'm just like ah <laughs> uh. um and just i mean it's there's so much to even like like i feel like this black panther i think is one of the um i think is one of these and we haven't talked about it too much, but like one of the scores, um, mm. I think the score of it like sticks out and I think works in a, in like it, it's much, I think in my opinion, it's one of the, like the best Marvel scores. Like it has themes, it develops them. Like I loved how when Killmonger like comes into the movie cause he's an American, they start like using like trap beats and like when he takes the thrower, drops that sick beat, it's like it's so cool. Yeah. Like it just works super well. I love um, that shot too when he comes into the to the throne. Yeah, room. And it's upside down. And the, yeah, the oh, camera so just cool. spins and it's like the whole world is turned upside down. It's just visually really cool. I yeah. visually enjoyed that movie a lot. Yeah, it's it's really I mean, just like all the designs are really cool mm-hmm. and just makes me really happy that Baku is going to be in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Just again, a character who in the comics was known as Manape and can be, you know, obviously like kind of bad if oh, you think yeah, about it. Not so good. Done in a super cool, awesome way that just a hundred percent works. Yeah, no, I totally. And agree. again, it's just, I mean, it just goes to show like how much of a success this movie is because we talked about how excited like this movie is. Good is it has already passed the Avengers in terms of its like box office, and now it's I think it passed Titanic, so it's it, to say it's like not like all Marvel movies are big, but like Black Panther is like a, a absolute phenomenon that yeah. in a way it's like 
again, it just kind of goes to show like how Marvel is just taking heat checks here. Because imagine pitching like a Black Panther movie in, I mean, even like in twenty, like in like in twenty ten, like during Phase One, like. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing we talked about. How you know a lot of the Phase One movies were a risk, but at this point, they can take a lot of you know these risks with like you know, Guardians and Black Panther and these superheroes that you would never think would have a movie, but because they've consistently done such a good job, Mm -hmm. they really can kind of do some of these um, other heroes and people will go and see it and give it a chance. And then obviously it's wildly successful. So I think it's just, you know, a testament to how consistently good these movies have been. I mean, you know, even talking about the ones that we don't like, I don't think there's any that are objectively terrible yeah i agree like whereas some of the other you know back Batman to our versus Superman back, an objectively terrible objectively movie. bad i mean it's sad As but it's justice just league. not good justice league to me was more meh than like bad i'd say meh minus if i had to give a grade <laughs> that's more, well not, not not like me that's more like meh. yeah like i mean there's parts of that movie that are like okay it's like an acceptable action movie like it's serviceable mm-hmm. but it's not it's a rental yeah like it's not like some of these movies where the quality has just been consistently so high so i mean to me that's where you know marvel's built a lot of I don't know if credit is the right word, but it's, you know, enough that you see Goodwill. that they're making... Goodwill is a good word. They're making an Ant-Man movie, and you're like, of course I'm going to go see the Ant-Man movie. Why wouldn't yeah. I go see that on opening night? Exactly. Like, it's like, what am I doing here? Yeah. But, I mean, Who it are just, you people? they've just done such a good job consistently. Yeah. And, like, we... And it's just... Again, it just shows, like, that Marvel's really just, like, kind of almost hitting their stride here, because we haven't even... We haven't talked about, like, Spider-Man, which is, you know... Yeah, Spider-Man was, was also that great. That was... One, everyone was like, well, Spider-Man is, like, a very well-known character. Uh, so it's like, how did they do something different? But they, I feel like they actually gave him, like, the, like, really grounding him in, like, high school is something that other movies have kind of, like, breezed past. But, like, really making the his, like, kid, like, the kid element of, like, Spider-Man, like, really grounding it there i think is really cool mm-hmm. um yeah i liked I, young spider-man yeah that was I, fun like i really liked that approach um and i really liked too i mean we've you know spider-man is such a well-known character i liked that they didn't necessarily feel like they had to rehash you know yeah. the uncle ben thing and you know yeah. the, with great power comes great responsibility they still sprinkle that in but it's not like they're not going to beat you over the head with yeah. it i think that's like in his introduction scene a scene in civil war like i think that's that's one of my favorite things that they very clearly tell you like that um that point they i think i think the exact wording in the movie is you know if uh you can do something if like if um because is that where he's like if you have the power to i can't remember how it's worded exactly basically if you have the power to stop bad things from happening and you don't do it then it, it's, it's your, your fault. fault yeah or like that those bad things happen because of you like, yeah it's i i think that's really cool um but i think i don't think they they didn't play on it too much but i think it kind of um it kind of hints that you know if spider-man had or peter parker had known a bit more about the whole captain america um captain america you know civil war feud 
that he probably wouldn't be on Iron Man's side. Yeah, I'm not convinced like, that he would be. Again, it's kind of settled at this point, but it kind of sets the seeds for like how uh, Spider Man is like frustrated that he's like you know ready for ready to do, to do more and that he thinks he can do more and be helpful and do and but he's kind of still kind of has training wheels on and mm-hmm. I think um it's kind of like I think it's kind of like also a nod to the comics too because in the comic run of Civil War. Spider-Man like switches from Iron Man to Captain America's side at mm. some point. So, um, but yeah, and I really love again another really great villain in Michael Keaton, who's just hamming it up, and it's just a, a, a really clever plot twist. With that reveal, and, I was legitimately so shocked. Like, yeah, like that is legit. Because I had the, no idea that it was coming. And it's such a great tone change too, because it's yeah. like all fun, getting ready for homecoming. Yeah, like, uh, he's kind of just decided he's gonna like embrace being a teenager, and it's just very relaxed and very fun. And then when he opens that door, it just shifts. The whole yeah, movie just shifts. It's such a great it, man. It's it's it's, and you really, they did such. It, it's it like might be a little obvious in hindsight. It's like wow, he's talking an awful lot about his family that we haven't seen. That's weird. But um, I didn't pick up on it at all the first really, time I saw just it. It's really darn smart. Like mm-hmm. it's it's so it's just really fun. Yeah. Um, and then the scenes after that when they're in the car on the way to the dance and it's so tense because Peter is just very unsure of mm-hmm. what to do and just the tension in that scene is yeah. just really cool as um uh Michael Keaton like slowly realizes that Peter is Spider-Man. Yeah. Just, it's stressful. Yeah. And I also really like that with the... And kind of speaking of like the reveal of people being Spider-Man, I like how the movie ends with uh, Aunt May revealing and knowing that like Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Because that's like <laughs> the holy yeah. grail like that, oh my God, this kidnapped... The Spider-Man must... Uncle Ben must always be dead. Other characters can come back to life in comics. It happens all the time. But not Uncle Ben must always be dead. Poor Uncle Ben. And Aunt May must never ever know that Peter is Spider-Man. <laughs> But it, I mean, it's kind of like we had mentioned before, how they're like willing to do things that kind of shake up, like, like they're willing to say, like, oh, Shield is, you know, Shield is actually secretly Hydra the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. they're the fact that they're willing to like make big kind of like tectonic shifts in like the lore is it's exciting because you want to see characters in new situations, and Aunt May is a really kind of stagnant character. If she never finds out that Spider-Man is that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, but like having ended the movie with that, I think that's really exciting, just as like direction for what they want to do next with Aunt May. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I guess the last one we haven't like we want to talk about here is uh is Thor Ragnarok. Um, I, I think this is probably my favorite Thor. It's kind of weird because I think this is this is my favorite Thor movie, but I think it only. It's so good. I really like it because it's a great payoff for, um, for Thor and Loki, who I mean, who have been in, you know, the all the Aven- the, the Avengers and the Thor movies since like twenty eleven. Uh, it, it's such a great payoff and like dramatic. It's it's such a great like conclusion to that whole arc of those characters. Um, and again, I think really sets them, but also leaves them in really interesting places and. And uh, really doesn't hold literally anything sacred. No. Literally anything. And I, I just think that's really cool when they are like, go for it. Like, yeah. do weird stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. I really enjoyed um, 
rewatching that one. And that one hasn't even been out that long. But it's just such a fun movie. Um, I love Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum. Like, it's just hysterical. Um, and then all of the Thor Hulk slash Banner interaction is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the Hulk is trying to calm Bruce down and he keeps trying to repeat the... Uh, like the, um, like the cool off words. Yeah, his little cool off words. It's just so funny. Um, yeah, no, I just, yeah. I really enjoyed that movie. And I also really liked how they, um, I mean, because they also like give the Hulk characterization that he doesn't really have. Like, I think it's really cool because in this movie that they make it clear that Hulk isn't just Bruce Banner. Like, Hulk is Hulk. Yeah. Bruce Banner is Bruce Banner. Because in in the other movies, we really only see Hulk in, um, like, the action sequences. We don't really see him, like, as a character on his own. Yeah. Whereas this, I mean, he obviously spends a lot of time as Hulk in this movie, so you really get to know Hulk a little bit more, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And just, it's, um, man, again, again, it's like it's, kind of uncharted territory for that character like historically because he's never he's always kind of portrayed as like a you know just a a a big brute who hulk smash hulk smash and it's and they go and to like go beyond that in this movie in a way that feels real like that he you know kind of unintentionally ended up on this junk planet but like stays there because he you know doesn't have to worry about like snapping in the wrong place and putting in people in danger because it's he can just get all his he can just stay the hulk and just fight people in the arena and that's all he mm-hmm. has to do like it's kind of freeing for him in a way so like it's it's really cool that they kind of are willing to go into the that part of the character more um uh but yeah so that's kind of our phase three wrap-up i mean obviously there's some movies on the horizon like uh infinity war and an ant-man sequel later this year and some films next year um but that's kind of what that's kind of our rundown the breakdown of the phases here so uh i guess sarah do you think you could uh do you do you think you could name a top three if you had to that's really hard um i could yeah that's really hard i think for me civil war is probably, if not my favorite, really close to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, Avengers 1, still for me, is pretty high. Um, Winter Soldier, I love. And Guardians 1. Those are probably my top four. But the order of those... And then from there, there's just so many other ones that I really enjoyed. Yeah. It's really hard to, to narrow it like, down. It kind of feels unfair to put like the Avengers movies like or team-up movies or what have you in the same category as like individual ones. Yeah. Like I think my top five is probably some kind of smattering of um, Civil War, Winter Soldier... Um... Black Panther, um, Ant Man, and no Thor and see it's Thor like, Ragnarok. Yeah, I think so. It's almost like you need different categories, like yeah. favorite 
um, origin story. Origin. Yeah. And then kinda. like favorite individual and then favorite team up. But even on the favorite team up, it's hard because like Civil War all is a captain. Good. Yeah. Well, and Civil Civil War is a Captain America movie, but it really feels like more of you know. It's more Civil Avengers War than Captain Three. America, but even though yeah. even though Captain America is still clearly the main character. So. Yeah. But it's just I mean it's so hard to like carve out Captain America's part. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in some of the other ones, it's Captain America plus, like, one or two people. But this one, I mean, it's really some some of the main characters. I mean, like, the whole Team Iron Man, they get so much screen time, too. I don't know. Even though it's a Captain America movie, to me, it really does feel like yeah. Avengers I think 3. if I had to pick a single favorite one, that was probably Civil War. I really like Civil Based War. Based on our raw discussion time, I think that's probably it. Yeah, I would probably agree. But from there, it gets really tough for me. Yeah. Um, I guess other kind of fun questions. Uh, what do you think? Um, I guess so. After so, Infinity War comes out this week or next week. Then we have Ant Man. Oh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp. And then we have Captain Marvel. I'm excited for Captain Marvel because Brie Larson is cool. And we like mm-hmm. Brie Larson. I do like Brie Larson. Uh, and then, and then it's Avengers four, which is presumably going to. It's not Infinity War Part two anymore. It's something different. But they haven't released the title, no, right? They haven't. Hmm. And so, I guess, what do you think Marvel should do from here? I think that they will, will probably see some kind of main cast members retire. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Robert Downey. I think Robert Downey Jr. really likes playing Iron Man, but he's been doing it for more Literally than a decade years, which is yeah. a long time to do anything so that's true so i wouldn't be also marvel probably pays him is like oh good dear god this percentage <laughs> contract is really killing us yeah i even though i know that that's probably coming for some of these people mm-hmm. it makes me really sad just because i yeah. feel like i'm not ready to like close those doors yet yeah but it has been 10 years. I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah. But I think, you know, just another testament to how much I've enjoyed yeah, these like, movies. That's that why it I just makes me sad to think yeah. about. That's why I don't... I really hope they don't, like, recast anybody. That would be really like, disappointing. It, just, it would feel... It would just feel so... Like, I just... Could you, like... at this? Because at this point, like, we've gotten so invested in, like, Chris Evans Chris as... Evans is Captain America. Let's be honest. I mean, mm. Chris Evans is is Captain America in yeah. real life. I'm I'm sure that that is true. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Yeah. So it would just. Yeah, I did. I because that's the kind of thing. It's like cool that they recast them, but it's like uh, you know, it's, it's, it just. It does. It yeah. just. I don't. In my that doesn't feel right. I don't think. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I. I don't think that would really. I don't think anybody would really buy that. I guess if that makes sense. Like, not when they've spent this much time, when we've all spent this much time with the characters yeah. and with those actors, it just feels like it would be weird and forced. I mean, the Edward Norton getting recast. Yeah. You know, it was after the one movie. It really is probably, I would say, the movie that's the least connected to any of the other ones. Yeah. So, to me, that one, that one's not that big of a deal. But at this point, I think to recast anybody else would just be so awkward. I can't really see them doing yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think it's at a certain point they would just have to, you know, like we met, like I mentioned before, like it's 
it's a creative writing challenge and they they've clearly have done like been put in tough spots with characters and what they could do before i don't i i think they'll have the i wouldn't be surprised i think they'll be able to figure that out and um i don't know i don't think we'll get another 10 year kind of build up to some other giant like i'm i'm not yeah it'll be really interesting to see like what the uh what kind of the you know the phase four if you will i think yeah it's yeah. it's i'm really curious to see what they do and it's really kind of hard to say because we really don't know what things look like who i think definitely we'll see a lot of new faces that i think will be exciting and yeah like we'll have you know i think i think um chadwick boseman as a black as the black panther is going to be a big part going forward and definitely i think that's really cool and um but yeah for a lot of the uh kind of people who have been around the longest it'll be interesting to see yeah where we go from here yeah well i think uh, i don't know about you but i think that's a about as good place as any to uh put an end to uh this podcast well sounds good cool well again sarah i want to thank you so much for joining me on a a uh, super bonus episode of uh, Kree Got Robbed. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for watching 18 movies over the last, what, three months? <laughs> it's a lot of Marvel. It's a lot of Marvel. It's a lot of Marvel. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but a couple times I was like, oh boy. Uh, I definitely know which ones I'm going to like prioritize going back and watching, though. Yes. I and have now to say. you, the listener, also know. Okay, You're that welcome. was a little weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey, uh, I think that's all we got here, folks. So uh, I'm sure we'll have some kind of Infinity War breakdown pod when we get there. But uh, until next time, uh, don't forget that um, uh, Creed got robbed. Hello. Welcome to the uh, secret part of the podcast here. Um, and we're what we're going to do is we're going to talk about our favorite post-credit scenes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as you may have uh, suspected if you're still listening to this after the outro of the podcast, because I think it's clever, and I think we're doing it. So take that. <laughs> Sarah, what do you think your favorite post-credit scene was? The one that 
made me laugh a lot was the one at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming where it's another Captain America um, PSA on mm-hmm. the importance of patience and how sometimes you wait for no reason. It just made me laugh a lot. Yeah, it's real good. I, it's a real good callback to like hokey Captain America, which is very good. Yeah. Um, All those Captain America cameos through the whole movie are just stellar. Just real good. Yeah, real good. Real good. Um, What's your favorite post-credit scene? I guess my favorite uh, funny post-credit one um, is probably Howard the Duck. I forgot about just Howard the that's, Duck. And from Guardians, just because that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite plot-related post-credit scene is probably either the one from Civil War leading into Black Panther where they show like the giant like statue in Wakanda. Mm, like that's really that cool. Good. Or the one from Black Panther where um you see uh Bucky as he's been, you know, deep post deprogramming and is clearly at peace and it's just it's just really cool because I really like, you know, Sebastian Stan as Bucky and I think it's you know just something really cool. I just there's something I just really like about him, uh, you know, uh, Shuri saying, uh, you know, how are you feeling today, Sergeant Barnes? And he's like, call me Bucky. Like, I, I just think really that that works. That is really good. Uh, and I guess you can't um, you can't forget about probably like the uh, the one. Um, I mean, the one from Avengers, which because that's when like, we first see Thanos. That's when we right? first see Thanos, which is like. It's- really impressive that was so long ago yeah that's but... like when they started making mid-credit scenes before like post because people <laughs> didn't want to wait for the post-credit scene which is hilarious what a time to be alive what a time to be alive <laughs> i know wait until wait until kids go back and watch like old movies i had the credits at the beginning it's like oh my god this post-credit scene is like a whole movie right just okay Thanks for uh, indulging me. <laughs> this is really don't joke. I think it's really great. I like it. And, and I'm sure anyone else who gets here, uh, you, the listener, uh, will agree with me because it's a great idea. So, And you can laugh at all your friends who didn't listen this far and tell them that. Although, let's be honest. Any, any good Marvel movie fan knows to stay until the end. Yeah. Because you never know when there's going to be a post You need scene. to know. I, I think... You need to know, obviously, if any animals were filmed during the harming of this. Wait. Any, oh, no. <laughs> if any animals were harmed during the making of this film. Or like the one in Doctor Strange where I was literally thinking to myself, oh, he just texted and drive and got in an accident and had magic powers yeah, in six okay. months. And it's That's like, the real don't lesson. text and drive. And I'm like, okay, That's fine. That's the Damn. real message of Doctor Strange. <laughs> don't do not text, and, text drive. and drive. But if you do, you might become no, the Sorcerer Supreme. Don't, don't text and drive. It might happen. No, it won't. Let don't me, let's text just try it once and find out. No, don't. Seriously. <laughs> Bad idea. It's really just one long PSA. Uh, okay. Well, I uh, I think that's probably it then. So, again, thanks for joining us here. And uh, we'll catch you next time, folks. Bye. Bye.